Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of A-Sides. Sitting here with my good pal Andy, sipping on some beer. Andy already did a little trial run at uh, talking about this beer, so if you'd like to take it away and tell the good folks at home about the beer we're drinking. This is Iron Maiden uh, Trooper Beer, uh, Fear of the Dark, which you might know they're a uh, trooper uh, a beer. This is more of a stout, and it is full-bodied, dark roasted, and rich with chocolate notes. Well, thank God. I'm not sure God. what that means, but I mean, it <laughs> tastes pretty good. I'm going to adjust this microphone because I think it's closer to me than you. Sorry to anyone listening if that made a pop sound. Oh, um, you can always cut that I'd tell out. you that I'll edit it out, but then I'll forget about it, and I'll just... I'm a lazy piece of shit. So anyhow, today we have gotten together for your listening pleasure to bring you our top five albums of 2020. The year is winding down, and goddamn, thank God. I think everybody wants this year to just fuck off and <laughs> get out of our way and move on to... Sure. Move on to sunnier pastures, so, um, yeah, I don't know that there's much more to really say to preface this episode, other than the fact that uh, I think we decided to do our top five albums and not do a top list of songs, because last year I think we ended up doing like a three-hour episode or something crazy with... Uh, yeah, it was something like Decade... Um, wasn't it like albums of the decade, then albums of the year, and then songs of the year? And we had Denny, so we're all shooting the shit, and it just... Yeah, I think it turned it into so a long-ass long. episode, yeah. I'm sure that everyone loved it, though. Yeah. We'll probably have people bitching that this one isn't as long, and, you know... Where was Denny? Where was the guy? Why was Brent on there instead of Denny? Bring him back. He was worth listening to. I don't think anybody's... No one's gonna say that? Well, maybe somebody... There's gotta be somebody that thinks I'm a horse's ass and thinks that I just ruined the show. Anyhow, damn, that is good beer. Yeah, good choice, man. Well, do we want to start off with we? Because we also did we did say that we were gonna do the top five albums, and then uh, you would kind of mention doing like a uh, an older album that we purchased this year. I'm yeah, because there's so many record store day drops, and then there's like reissues of stuff, and there's been some cool stuff this year, so I didn't know if you just wanted to uh, give some love to something you bought that wasn't necessarily a yeah. new album. So, Yeah. Yeah, I know that was your idea to do like, well, I know that what provoked your idea was the record store day reissues, and when I started thinking about that, I was like, man, there's been so many reissues, box set versions of different, uh, from different artists, you know, I mean, God, there was a print sign of the times, 20 fucking disc. I don't even know what it was. I mean, it was like $300, you know, and, uh, there was the Tom Petty wildflowers thing, which both those things were great. The fucking wildflowers thing was amazing. Yeah. You could almost do, we could do like but, a top five or so than just yeah, on like those. There was almost too many of them this year. It was great, but you know. Like, there was the Skid Row Slave to the Grind Record Store Day reissue. Like, I never had that on vinyl, so that was really fucking awesome. So I kind of just threw all that out the window and decided that my pick was just going to be something from last year that I didn't discover until this oh. year. Oh, okay. Which was the album Lucifer by Jesus Chrysler Supercar. 
because oh, nice. that just okay. like made me fall in love with that band anyhow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I just became a fan and obviously interviewed them for the one episode and they were super fucking cool. And like their music is just, I don't know all their albums. I ended up just becoming a super fan practically overnight, <laughs> you know, like, and it was so funny cause I'm sure I mentioned it before, but I came across that album cause it was just like, I was looking for, uh, the Tom Waits cover that Lou, the band Lucifer did. Okay, I was looking to see. They just put that out this year, and I was looking to see if they put that out on vinyl, like if you could just order like a whatever, like a seven-inch. I mean, everybody's doing so many different collector's versions of things. I, f- I figured they had to have something, and they didn't. But then strangely enough, as I'm searching through, um, you know, I type in Lucifer vinyl on Amazon, and I'm going through all their stuff, and all of a sudden this album by <laughs> this band called Jesus Chrysler Supercar comes up, and it's the album's called Lucifer, and it has the, uh, that, like, Satan face thing, like a bearded dude, almost looks like a Viking <laughs> version of Satan or something, and uh, I thought, man, that's a really cool album cover, but God, what the fuck is with that name? Like, that's just such a ridiculous name. Yeah. I listened to it thinking it was going to just be like the stupidest, most ridiculous death metal. And or I then, thought it would be from that name, something like The Darkness, where you'd have those kind of vocals. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, one or the other, I guess. Either extreme, but I was just like... I just couldn't believe when I hit the first song, you know, and started listening to it, and I was like, what the fuck? This is, like, great. <laughs> and then listening to some of the older stuff, I dug it even more, and I just was like, okay, I'm buying everything I can get my hands on on vinyl. Mm-hmm. I just got on and ordered everything, and and then... uh felt the need to get in touch with them and just I just wanted to talk to them on the show because I don't know I <laughs> I guess for for no reason more than just I you know you discover a band like that and part of you uh, kind of wants to hold on to it as your own but then the other part mm-hmm. of you wants like everybody to fucking listen to it like no you have to fucking hear this you know and I just wanted like every one of my friends you know to be like hey that was fucking killer. Thank you. Which I did get a couple. I've turned a few people on to it with just that episode, you know. I had several texts where I was like, man, good call on that one. That was, you know, fucking killer. And, like, you know, Brian, I think he ordered everything on vinyl just like yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw that he posted some of those. Yeah. So, good times. So, I'll stop yammering on about that. But. Oh, no, like, I was kind of surprised <laughs> when you were saying, you already mentioned the Tom Petty and then the Skid Row. I thought the Tom Petty would be your pick for that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not for it but to be. I mean, I haven't even bought it yet because it's so expensive, and I want I want it on vinyl. Yeah, you want the full package. Once I listened to it, I was, because honestly, like, <clears throat> I just bought, I ordered the box set initially on CD, and then I was, and I was just going to buy, like, just the regular album on vinyl because I don't have that on vinyl and uh once I listened to it I was like oh fuck no I want this whole thing on vinyl because the li- a the live show is fucking fantastic on that and then all the home demos are just really those were the ones that sold me on I think I have to have this all on vinyl like that is something that I'm probably only going to listen to if I'm sitting down here in my recliner 
right in front of my stereo and I'm doing nothing but listening and maybe having a drink and kind of just, you know what I mean? Zoning out, contemplating life and all those things you do. It's like that kind of stuff. So, so I said, fuck it. And I canceled my orders and was like, well, I'll tell you what, I've been spending a lot of money on stuff lately. Um, just other things, but microphones and different gear and whatnot in the midst of making this record with my band and everything. So I kind of was like, well, after the holidays blow over, you know, obviously my bank accounts hemorrhaging money too, buying all these Christmas gifts for these fucking kids, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, it's all fun. I love Christmas actually, but I figured it just would be the responsible thing to wait until after and uh, see if maybe I can catch it on sale too. So... Uh, otherwise it was kind of a bummer to not buy that right away because I was looking forward to that when they first started talking about it back before he passed. Yeah, that was like, they talked about that like about four or five years ago. Yeah, and then, you know, when he died, they just shelved it and then they started releasing all this other stuff and the whole time I was like, what the fuck about the wildflowers thing? Like, and I think maybe they dove into it more. Like maybe those home recordings weren't on the agenda before his passing. And maybe they just wanted to hold off and wait until they could do something really special and dig True. through all the archives and stuff. And props to them on that, you know, because I feel like, you know, sometimes the artist dies and the people that are managing the estate are just pumping shit out left and right to where it's almost too much. I mean, I love Prince and I'm probably going to buy every fucking thing they ever put put out there. But then at the same time, I kind of almost feel like they're doing that, like they're overdoing it, you know? Like, he used to never... It used to be hard to find, like, merch of his, like, T-shirts and... You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't that much available, and now it's everywhere. And it's like... There are so many different fucking designs for T-shirts and hoodies and fucking outfits. that like, You could buy shit that... if you. If you spend a shit ton of money, like hundreds of dollars, you can buy like a goddamn Purple Rain jacket, like something <laughs> that looks like the outfit he wore in Purple Rain, you know? I don't know if they still have Even that. Even all but... the little pop dolls, they're cool, but I mean, that might not have been a thing like if he was still here. I yeah, too. so I'm kind of like, and I own those. I have all three of them, and I think you bought yeah. me one for a gift one time, and it's like, I think they're cool, but then at the same time, I'm like, ah, would he really be cool with this? Like, yeah. I don't know. Is it kind of disrespectful to knowing that he wouldn't be cool with it? But I don't know. Part of me thinks he has to have known that when he his time came that because he was like, his vault was famous for having just a fucking immense amount of stuff that, you know, people always said when he died that there was going to just be tons of music that they'd have to go through and would probably release and... Hmm. So, but anyhow, but yeah, so, I mean, even that Prince thing, even the sign of the times thing was, I thought really cool, but got to take out a loan to like buy, but yeah, if you want it on vinyl, it's like $280 or something like that. And it's like, man, I mean, God damn, it's cool. But how much am I going to really sit and listen to that? Cause there's so much there and a lot of it's just different mixes. And I mean, I don't know. A lot of the unreleased tracks were really cool, but, um, you know, you're spending a lot of money for, I mean, even the CD, 
box set was like 130 or something like that. Because I initially ordered that. And then, like, they didn't ship it for some reason. And I looked, like, the day... Because normally with Amazon stuff, I usually have it the day it comes out. It's on my step, and it wasn't. And I was like, well, fuck them then. And I just canceled it, you know? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to spend that much money anyhow, you know? I'll just... I'll just listen to it until I, you know, I'll listen to it digitally on the Amazon Music app until maybe they bring the price down because it seems like the price is marked up pretty high on that. For it to be like $100 more than the Tom Petty thing. And it's like, yeah, it might technically be more disc, but I don't know that there's that much more there. I don't know that there's $100 more there, you know? So, I don't know. I don't feel like the cost on that was very justifiable. But, but then again, I've also bought Bruce Springsteen box sets that were over a hundred dollars and only had like half the disc, but you know, I mean half the amount of disc, I should say. Not that I spent $120 on a box set and it came and only had, (laughs) it was missing half of the content. (laughs) That'd be a kick in the dick. Well, anyhow. You just reminded me of something that goes down another rabbit hole. It was like this time a year ago, they put out this Ozzy Osbourne like vinyl box set thing. Mm. And it was like, what was it? I think it was like See You on the Other Side. And I think it had like all of his albums, all the live albums and stuff in there. And it was like $500. And I'm like, I want this, but it's like $500. I don't know if I can justify dropping like that much on one box. And I thought, well... If I wait until the spring and I get my tax return or something like that, then maybe I'll drop it on that. But then there's other stuff going on, and I sat on it, and then we did the Aussie episode, and I'm like, I really, really want this now. But then it sold out, and you look online, and it's going for like $800, $900, and then there's some dudes that are like, I even saw it, that they must have broken up the set and are selling each album for like 50 or 60 oh bucks a God. pop for like twice what it would have been. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Well. I hate those flippers like that. Because it's like there's people oh, that yeah. want to listen to it that maybe don't get a chance to listen to it now. Right. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that's just asshole move, man. You just ruin the whole fucking market for for all the fans that really just want to listen to that shit and aren't, Yeah. you know, we're about listening to it and really care enough to spend that kind of money on a box set and then you got some jack off that just has the spare money laying around yeah. and doesn't really give a fuck about it but sees an opportunity to just buy them up and then turn around and flip them because he knows they're going to be yeah. worth more money in a year or whatever and it's like yeah because i feel like I that might have been the case because i actually looked back at it a couple of months ago to see if they still had some copies and there were a few copies on Ozzy Osbourne's website, and like right after that, they made like an Instagram post saying, "Hey, we're down like below 100 copies. Like, get this now." And I was like, "Maybe I could just put it on my credit card or something. I don't know. Like, maybe I could just do that." And then by the time I went, then they were gone. So I feel like, yeah, those people that maybe had some extra money to blow were like, "All right, well, hey, I'll get a second one now and flip it for more money." So it's like. Right. Especially when they're down to like the last yeah, two or three. Yeah, because it might not have been the case. It might not have sold out that fast had they not made that post, I feel like. you know, Bastards. Yeah. Scum of the earth. Anyhow, that's maybe harsh. Well, I tell you what. I've 
Yeah. Taking us into a whole rant. Oh no, man, that's cool. Like that's the point of this, though. Is <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I think it is. I was just gonna segue into your uh, whatever your reissue slash past yeah. album pick was. I thought about the same thing for uh, this past album pick, like you did, like where it was something that kind of like made you almost a geek out or something. You're like, oh my god, where's this band been for a while? Because uh, that back in the spring, like I talked to that Daniel Decay who was in like Diamonds and he was on like Danko Jones podcast. So I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy and I like this band. And that was almost my pick. Like it was like rattling around. Uh, but I went with an album I bought last year. It was like Black Pumas. They put out uh, this self titled album. Well, back in the summer, they put out a deluxe edition. So it's like a second album of like covers and new songs and stuff so that's my pick for this it's black puma's like deluxe edition of their first album because i really love this cover they did of eleanor rigby they like totally like jazzed it out and it doesn't even sound like the same song hmm. you know i'm aware of them but i've i can't remember if i've checked them out yeah. or not i remember they played down at granite city down yeah. there yeah like and a real quick acoustic thing yeah I remember you talking about him before, and I think that Chris talked about him too. Yeah, because I think he was there. Yeah. But me, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I'm not sure that I pushed play on any of it and checked it out, yeah. you know? But I need to. Yeah, because there is so much music, and then, yeah, doing this podcast and stuff, like, it's talking about new music, so you almost are, like, absorbing all this stuff and then some stuff gets like i don't know cast aside if yeah well there's a lot out there to listen to you know and then um artists are like dropping like surprise albums now so it's like hard to keep up with everything right like ryan adams out of nowhere yeah yeah like i saw that and i can't figure out because i'm assuming that's not the same album that was shelved back in april or whenever or back at the beginning of the year because it's not called the same thing. Yeah, wasn't that like Big Colors or something? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, dude, I that... I think that was two years ago, maybe, wasn't it? Whenever the yeah. rape shit came about, yeah. or whatever. Ugh. Whatever the hell. So, the rapist. That's what they should call a new album. No. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm still kind of like, I didn't... I, <clears throat> I only saw that that came out because I'm on Apple Music, and it shows, like, I'm following Chris on there, so it shows what he listens to. I was like, oh, a new Ryan Adams album? But I'm kind of, like, afraid to listen to it because I'm like, I don't know if I want to support this guy yet, but it's probably, like... He could have changed. I'll give people the benefit of the doubt. It sucks, though. I'll be honest with you. I only made it a few songs into it. And even Dustin, who's a hardcore, like, he loved Ryan Adams. Um, He, I text him about it last night, and he's like... Yeah, yawn. <laughs> like, I asked him what he thought, and he said, yawn, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, even if the biggest of Ryan Adams fans. But, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to probably not want to like it because of everything that's happened. Yeah. So then you might go into it, like, I didn't. I went into it like, I'll give this guy another chance, you know. I mean, yeah. I can separate the art from the artist and everything. I mean, Jesus Christ, we act like... We can't do that, but then like Michael, people still listen to Michael Jackson. Yeah, like I guess yeah, I listen to Michael Jackson. Yeah, so and I'm pretty sure like I'm not saying one thing is worse than the other, but if I was gonna say one thing was worse than the other, like I think that 
is definitely one thing that you could say is worse than probably any other thing, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like a lot of people feel the way I do about that, like, and I mean, I don't know what the hell went on at Neverland Ranch, and that's a whole other rabbit hole I don't even fucking want to go down, otherwise I might have watched that documentary on HBO, but I frankly didn't think I could stomach it, but I thought it was funny when that documentary came out on HBO last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And people started talking about, you know, oh, well, radio stations are starting to stop, you know, they're not playing Michael Jackson's music anymore because of this documentary and bringing these things to light. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait the fuck, hold on. Bring this shit to light. Like 30 <laughs> fucking years ago, this shit was brought to light. Yeah. What are you talking about? This documentary just was like, my understanding of it, judging by what I've heard and seen in the trailer, it was just like those people interviews with up, those. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but you knew this before. Yeah. So what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm really confused here. Like yeah. all of a sudden, like you're reminding, you're like, Oh yeah, fuck. I forgot. He like fucked these little boys or showed him or his penis or whatever. Um, now I'm mad about it again. And it's like, uh, just listen to the music and enjoy the music. Okay. Fuck it, the guy's dead. The damage yeah. is done, the guy's dead, but, you know, maybe he was a complete fucking sicko or whatever. He obviously had some serious mental issues, but the music was still really good. Yeah. And that's, I guess, I'm going on a whole other rant, but that's my point with Ryan Adams is like, is the music good or not? Is he a piece of shit? Maybe. I don't know. You know, I mean, I <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, it sounds to me like some of the, you know some of the evidence in that whole situation was pretty hard to try to argue. So chances are he's not a very good person when it comes to that. But uh, but he's a hell of a songwriter. Heartbreaker's still a great fucking record. So it was, you know, Easy Tiger, and I mean. I don't know, man. That's kind of a loaded thing, though. I think nowadays people just want to, like, ride their high horse a little bit more and act like, well, I don't listen to that because he did this. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, what, starting now? I mean. Yeah, true, because, like, I'm saying, like, I haven't listened to him in a while, which I haven't. But, uh, you know, how they have those things, like, here's your top songs of the year on your streaming platform or whatever. This is what you listen to. I went back, and Apple Music has... As far back as I've had it since 2015, they're like, here's your top songs of each of those years. So one day at work, I went to uh, the top songs of 2020. Then I went back to 19, the next day, and so forth. And I think one day, it was like I went and like a Ryan Adams song popped up, that Magic song. And I'm like, oh my God, I remember really loving this song. Like, I still love it. That's an awesome song. So right. it's like, well, yeah, great it's like songs. the song's still good no matter what. Right. I mean, a lot of these artists did really terrible things. Yeah. I mean, just because it happened back in the 70s, it was okay because we didn't know any better yet or what? I mean, what, you know, Steven Tyler, like, adopted a fucking 15-year-old girl so that she could go on the road. You know, she was, like, some groupie, and she was, like, 15, 16 years old, and he became her legal guardian so she could go on the road with a band. It's like, 
I'm pretty sure he didn't do that so that she could just, you know, so he could t uh, tutor her in algebra or something. Like, <laughs> you know, so God damn. are you going to fucking, are you going to shut Dream On off every time it comes on the radio? Or are you going to plug your ears and fucking cry every time Sweet Emotion, every time you hear the opening bass, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't want to spend too much time going yeah. on about that, but all right. <laughs> so, um, so what about this though? You said that uh, five was hard. Was. Maybe we should have done ten. Do you got yeah. honorable mention or anything? I have four like that? honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I right. technically broke a whole lot of rules with this because I was oh, like, whatever. Right. It's just a discussion. I mean, so, yeah. um. See, I knew we'd do, I, I guess I knew us, how we are, so I'm like, let's just do five, because we're going to talk about all sorts right. of stuff anyways. Well, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff, and um, so I guess if we want to start with the honorable mentions. So my four honorable mentions, one was uh, We Are Chaos by Marilyn Manson. Oh, cool. I really liked this record. I didn't hear too much from other people talking it up. Which kind of surprised me because I thought this was his best effort, hands down, since uh, yeah, is that the, the Golden one Age he did of with, like, Shooter uh, Jennings. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and it's very. It reminds me. It's Bowie-ish. I wouldn't quite like. There's a lot of, like the title tracks, very David Bowie, hmm. um, which obviously Mechanical Animals was yeah. a very Bowie-esque kind of record i don't feel like this sounds like that though i don't feel like he intentionally went back and retreaded that territory i mean i just feel like there's good songs on this and that's really it i mean golden age of grotesque i think i, I can't remember when that came out it's been a good decade or more no, i think 2003 i think yeah so almost uh, with 20 the years new shit, right? yeah and i love that album and that was honestly the last thing i really really dug of his like there was I don't even think I've bought a single album since huh. that record until this one. And because I listened to it once, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that. So, um, my other, so I'll move along. I won't spend too much time since I got four of them. But so another one was another band from Sweden. Um, not that Marilyn Manson was from Sweden, but Jesus Christ, the Supercar, <laughs> uh, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, Thunder Mother, that all-female yeah. band that I talked to uh, Guernica, the lead singer, yeah. on the one episode. So they had an album, Heat Wave, which I, I've i listened to their past stuff since she was in the band. I think she only was on the album before this, the self-titled record. And all that stuff's pretty solid, but this one was really, like, I thought it was just really good. Song writing-wise, like, it was just there for them. Um, I mean, if you like ACDC, I've already kind of talked it up, I think, when I talked to her. I kind of told my opinion of the album. I mean, it's just very ACDC, you know, meat and potatoes, kind of just rock and roll. Great guitar tone. I mean, uh, I think, is it Philippa, the guitar player? I'm trying to remember all their names, but she, uh, her guitar tone is just... Every time I listen to this record, and even the past ones, I'm like, man, that girl has some fucking tone. Like, I mean, that's just a great... 
I don't even know. The songs could be complete shit for all I know, and I would probably still just listen to it and be like, God damn, that fucking guitar tone, you know? So mad props to her on that one. Um, but yeah, like Dog From Hell, that song's like so catchy. It's like the most ridiculous like name for a song, which I think she told me was like from a book or something, like a poem. And that's what she based it on. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But I never thought that I would have, <laughs> you know, I would never have a hook in my head walking around singing love is a dog from hell. I'm like, <laughs> it almost just doesn't make sense to me. But then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where, like, maybe it's a poem that's like, maybe it was a Swedish author or something. And, yeah. you know, in a different language, it makes more sense and doesn't sound weird. Like, it sounds like a weird phrase. To me, you know what I mean, like, but, um, but I don't give a fuck because the song's really good, and so it just kind of makes it cool. <laughs> and then my third honorable mention is "That's How Rumors Get Started" by Margot Price. Oh yeah, you've talked to her. I, I love her too. anyhow. I mean, you know, this isn't even my favorite thing she's put out, but it's still really good. Like it really, it really grew on me, and. Whereas I feel like her other records, especially her first one, just really was right right out the gate. I was sold on it, you know? And this one, it took a little growing. It's got some different stuff, some different vibes to it. But it's a really cool sounding record, and she just is fucking amazing. Um, God, who was it? The, there was that Tom Petty birthday celebration thing that was uh, that was on... It was live, it was like live streamed, and her and, God, I can't remember who the hell she did the duet with. They did Stop Dragging My Heart Around, and it was fucking amazing. Oh, Lucas Nelson. Oh, yeah, you, um, I think you mentioned that. Did episode. I already bring that up on an episode? Yeah. Repeat myself like a old man. <laughs> no, but it was, anyhow, it was amazing. Um, well, I had forgotten about it, though. So. Well, I'm glad I reminded you, see? Yeah. You're welcome. So anyhow, my last honorable mention, and this is so fucking good, dude, but it's a three-song EP. So like, I felt like I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, it can't compete with a full record. Yeah. But the album, What Kind of, or the EP, What Kind of Love, by Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts, like, dude, that is oh, just okay. like three super catchy-ass fucking songs. Um, it's just, yeah all i gotta say <laughs> just yeah just listen to yeah, that he dude. put out some covers this year too i think yeah he's so, put out just to put something out yeah and he's one that i just started getting into this year like oh, it really? was either like chris or brian turned me on to him and i oh and, like had you not heard of uh, uh biters i had heard of them but i had never heard them and then i went back and listened to that and fuck that stuff's almost even cooler i mean okay because yeah there was not was, to go too far deep but it might have been brian because there was something a while back at, I think it was a limelight before it was even the Monarch. There was like Buck Cherry, Blackstone Cherry, and like Biters. And I wasn't going to go to that show, but Bob's like, hey, you should come check out Biters. So Brian and I went and like the a Biters opened and they were like really cool. But then I think like right after that, they kind of like broke up or something. Hmm. And that Tuck went solo, but. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. His voice, man, I really just dig his voice. He reminds me of the dude from the Fags, and uh, they had great stuff, and they weren't around very long either. And 
So yeah, I definitely was like, yeah. Like I said, if I just was going to review that record, I think it just, that EP, it just would be like a one word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go listen to it, dude. Yeah. You know, just good catchy rock and roll. Like who the fuck doesn't want to just listen to just guitars, bass, drums. Yeah, you're saying meat and potatoes. Fucking hooks. That. Yeah. That's all you need, you know. So anyhow, do you have any uh, honorable mentions or one? My my honorable mention is something I think I briefly got turned on to it back in the spring and kind of forgot about it until just like a month ago. But it is Jazz Sabbath. It's a three-piece jazz band that does Black Sabbath uh, covers. <laughs> and uh, I think it's this guy, Adam Wakeman, that was doing the keyboards. Like, I think there's this guy, Rick Wakeman, uh, who was like a prog keyboardist back in the 70s. Well... His son, Adam, he's like the keyboardist for like Ozzy, you know, probably the guy that stands behind the curtain and yeah. plays keyboards because <clears throat> uh, it's not cool if like a metal band have keyboardists or whatever. But anyways, All right. Jazz Sabbath, though, they have these, uh, it's like the three piece, like piano, I think upright bass and drums. And it's just hmm. like rat salad. I think fairies wear boots, a couple from the first album. And it's like, I don't know. It's really cool. I'm going to take your word on that one. I don't know if I'll check it out or not. Okay. No offense, but it weirds me out. It's like, uh, I don't know if I want to hear that. I'll probably check it out. I'm lying. I'll get up tomorrow, and I'll be drinking my coffee, and I'll think, what the fuck it's was like, that weird shit that he was talking about? It's like fairies wear boots. It's just really good. It's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. You lost me there. Oh, I turned well. another guy onto it, and he really likes it because it's like something you can have on in the background. Maybe you can kind of seem like you're cultured because you're like, I'm listening to jazz, but secretly I'm listening to uh, jazz metal. So it's like you can get away with it. <laughs> if you say so. I'm going to let you have that one. Hey, we all have our, you know, odd, weird, yeah. quirky shit that we get into. So... Um, like Jeff Goldblum jazz music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was that. Well, I tell you what, man. I guess we can officially move on to our real top five. All right. And I guess since I've been leading off, I'll start with mine. So we talked about this album, I think, back, jeez, um, maybe late spring, early summer was when it came out. So, I didn't write the title down, <laughs> and I drew a blank for a second. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm sitting here looking at my notes, and I'm like, why the hell didn't I write the album title down? Well, if I didn't know it, it shouldn't probably be on this list. So, Titans of Creation by Testament. Oh, yeah. That one was badass. It kind of got me down a Testament rabbit hole. Yeah, thing. dude. Like, it's really... When it comes to just that kind of metal, it's the best, like, whatever you want to call it, like, more traditional kind of metal um, that's come out this year, I think. Although, I don't know that I bought a lot of metal records, but, you know, I think I mentioned before when we talked about it that it kind of, it seemed to me like it was kind of influenced by Mastodon in a way, like, there's just something about it that just made me think yeah. that they 
were listening to a lot of Mastodon and was like, ah, we got to up our fucking game. Listen to these assholes. You know, yeah. listen to this fucking band. We got to we gotta do something. Because to me, I mean, this is like their best record in years. Um, I hadn't really gotten super into anything probably since like Low. Mm-hmm. And even that's not really one of my favorite albums, but that was probably like the last thing I bought. You know, and this one, when we reviewed it, I just, man, I just kept going back to it. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to order this on vinyl because, fuck, I just keep going back to it. And Yeah, didn't you order some other ones, too? Yeah, it did kind of. It kind of did the same thing, like like you said. Like, it takes you down that rabbit hole of, ah, yeah, man, now I need to go get these other records that I really dig, too. And ordered, like, you know, the Legacy on vinyl. And because I, I feel like I looked for that on vinyl before and couldn't find it, or could only find, like, expensive-ass used copies or something. So I don't know. This time, it was like I was more successful. And so they must have kind of reissued a lot of stuff, which a lot of bands like that are reissuing their back catalog on vinyl, because now vinyl sales are up, you know, and more selling. I think vinyl has outsold CDs, like, for the last two years now. I think last year... (laughs) I believe was the first year that vinyl outsold CDs and then probably the same this year. I just don't even think anyone, you know, is buying CDs anymore. I mean, shit, you walk into like a Walmart or Best Buy or a place like that and it's like... Yeah, they got big vinyl There's like a little yeah. section of this, like whatever yeah. CDs they didn't sell yet, you know? But, but yeah, and then like, yeah, Walmart's got vinyl all of a sudden. Like, I walked in there the other day and was just walking down the aisle and there was like this little stand kind of out with all the Black Friday shit. And there was a copy of ACDC Live on vinyl, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have this on vinyl. That's cool, you know? And I actually only had the one CD version back in the day, Mm -hmm. which I still have, but, I mean, I never had the two CD version that had, like, everything. Like, there was a few songs that were missing from the one-disc version. And so this had, like, the whole... The, the whole whatever the fuck. I mean, I don't want to say the whole concert because I don't know. They still might have fucking cut certain things yeah. off. Uh, but I don't know. So that was kind of cool, uh, you know. But uh, but yeah, man, like this album like just starts off right out the fucking gate, dude. That Children of the Next Level song just fucking gets you in the mood yeah. for some fucking metal and um. Dream Deceiver and Night of the Witch are like another couple highlights. Yeah, that me. Dream Deceiver, I remember like, oh my god, dude, I just want to like destroy my apartment. Yeah. But then I have to clean it up later and I'll be like, oh. yeah. No, that's a great, uh, great album, man. Front to back, it's solid and it's just one of the most refreshing metal albums of the year. Yeah. You know, or if not, the last few years. So. Anyhow, I'm done ranting about that. If you'd like to take it away with your number five. Mine is the complete opposite. And uh, it is The Killers um, imploding the Mirage because it's like the complete opposite because it's like pop kind of 80s sound and stuff. Uh, But I feel like um, a few times this year I've actually forgotten about it because I think it was supposed to come out in May. Right. And then they moved it to August. And by the time they moved it to August, I had forgotten about it. And then just now, I got an email the other day that uh, it's like, 
hey, your uh, record's being shipped. And I forgot I bought it on vinyl. So it's yeah. coming sometime next week or maybe two weeks from now with all the shipping delays. But I'm kind of always a geek uh, for the killers. But then, yeah, how I forgot about this album, it's kind of par for the course because sometimes I keep forgetting about them. Because they'll release something like every three or four years. So you almost right. kind of forget about them. And then they're like, hey, here's, hey, here we are. We're still around. Well, their last album was like really forgettable. Like it was such a dud, in my opinion. Anyhow, yeah. Other than the man, I really like that one. But like, yeah. like I was maybe I was just too hyped up for that song because I thought it was it was really cool, and the rest was kind of decent. And I think speaking of forgetting about him, I even went back to um, earlier this year and listened to one. It was like Battleborn. Yeah. A previous one, and I was talking to Denny uh, when I was listening to it, and I was like. I completely slept on this album. I don't even remember it. And I'm like, wow, I'm kind of shocked how like good this is. And he goes, he said he said something about how, uh, well, it doesn't matter. The album's already going to be there. So if it clicks uh, dust, like, so what? You can always revisit it. It's not like it's a race to get to this album. Right. Or something like that. He had some kind of wise, like, a saying that he had. And I was like, yeah, like, you're right. You can just revisit it because it's... Right. on there but that album was really good but the other thing I wanted to mention is how to I feel like I'm like so behind and maybe I never picked up on this before but when I was listening to uh, that Battleborn I was like all of their songs sound like uh, pop v- uh, versions of Bruce Springsteen songs <laughs> I knew you were going to say goes, that yeah they've been doing that since Samstown dude and yeah. I was like oh okay Samstown was a very Springsteen-esque kind of thing yeah. like and yeah. I, that's probably why that's my favorite album of theirs, hands yeah, that's down. That's mine too, yeah. yeah. But um, Battleborn is really solid. I mean, I feel like I have to like it because I remember when it came out, um, I bought it on vinyl right away, and it was super fucking expensive. It was like the most expensive fucking vinyl at the time. Uh-huh. Like I couldn't because they really. I think it's. Uh, I think it's pressed. I think it's forty-five RPM. Oh, okay. Half Speed Masters. I think that that was like the only version you could like get on vinyl. And so I had to spend like 40 fucking dollars on it. And I was like, well, I bought all their other shit on vinyl, except I still don't have the first album on vinyl, so I'm kind of a liar. But um, I have Sam's Town and uh, Day and Age. Is that what it's called? Yeah, like that's the one that's yeah. like. And I really like. Yeah, yeah, and I really like that. That one's that like one. really jazzy of pop almost because there's saxophones yeah. on there and stuff. Yeah, that one, it was like they tried to get away from the Springsteen type thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they just kind of went back to it. Yeah. Which, if you've ever seen the live at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed until we were hanging out one time in your basement at your old house, and I'm like, wait, they came out with a live album? I gotta get this, too. Yeah. It's cool to listen to, but the video is fucking great. I mean, yeah. it's just a really well shot, really fun. I mean... It's super easy just to put on and sit and have a couple beers yeah. and watch, and you're just like, fuck, man. It's just, And I've still never seen The Killers live, and it bums me out. But they did kind of lose me. I mean, that last record was such a turd, and, you know, like I said, in my opinion, it just bored the shit out of me. Um, the new one, though, was, I agree with you, like, that was a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, fuck, these guys finally... Yeah. You know, I almost put that on my honorable mentions, and I was like, well, I'm already getting carried away here. I gotta cut this off. I can't just mention every record I liked this year. 
Well, hey, you still get to talk about it now, because I kind of thought well, our list you. might not overlap. I didn't think it would. I felt like mine was... I feel like mine's not... Uh, there's maybe, like, one thing that you would have, maybe, yeah. and probably not. I don't even know, so I don't want to say anything more. Uh, but I guess back to the album, too, because we're talking about all their other albums, but this one. I really like Caution ever since I heard it on CT, and I'm a nerd for Lindsey Buckingham, so I was like, hey, he's on that song, too. That's cool. Yeah, when I first heard it, I wasn't sold on it, but it was one that grew on me. Because I was kind of, I remember hearing it when they first played it on the radio, and I'm like, eh, this is okay. It kind of made me not excited for the record, you know? So I, like, didn't even pre-order it or anything, and then it came out, and I remember I was out mowing the grass and was like, well, I guess I'll listen to that new Killers album. Can't be any worse than the last one. That was kind of <laughs> my attitude going into it. And then I was, like, halfway through, and I'm like, fuck, this is actually really good. Like, you know, so... And I think the thing was, too, how I said, like, that came out in the spring, like, as the single for the album, but then, uh, like, the radio station, we'd been playing it for four or five months at the time, so I was almost burnt out on it, right. too, by the time the album came out, but... Yeah, that can be a bummer, but yeah. skip the track, fuck it. So, man, this beer is good, but it's, like, really rich. Oh, really? I feel like I'm burping, burping it like crazy. Oh, like I'm blown through it, I feel like. Almost. No, I mean, I'm almost like, done. Don't get me wrong, which is nothing <laughs> nothing new for me to drink a beer that fast, but I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just burping that salad I had before. I usually don't drink them fast. I'm like, I always nurse them, and I'm like, shit, this is good. Growing into a man, Andy. Yeah. Grown-ass man. Yeah, yeah, I'm a man now. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my next album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, if we're moving along, I will I will start the number four. I just thought about something stupid. My balls dropped right in the middle of this. <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> Your balls dropped. <laughs> right in the middle of this podcast. Testament. And Finally, Testament. I, and some Iron fucking beer. Iron Maiden beer. Beer of the dark. Yeah, like, I gotta go shave my chest after this, because it... <laughs> this is really good. I will say, though, I think this is their best. Out of all their... Yeah. Out of all their beer. I don't know why you're talking about shaving your chest, but... <laughs> That's what I'm saying, because my chest had grew, too. Oh. Like, I don't know. I'm getting kind of weird, so maybe I should stop. So this, right. this was only 4.5%. <laughs> although it was basically, like, a beer and a half in one bottle, but... It's good shit, man. Yeah. I give them props because I think that the other Iron Maiden stuff was good, but this is better. Like, this really, really has some flavor. Some flavor flav. All right. Number four, motherfuckers. So I'm kind of sticking to the metal a little bit, but a different kind of metal here. <clears throat> and this is probably, like, the only band, like, a that would... I don't want to brand them with this, but... I would say the only quote-unquote new metal band that has stood the course of time, in my opinion. And you metal or just new? Yeah, in you metal. Oh, oh like, okay, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Man. All right. So the album Ohms by Deftones. I, I was torn on how I felt about this coming out because like, I love the Deftones. But Gore, their last album, like 
not to make the obvious joke here, but I felt like it should have been titled Bore <laughs> because it just was like yeah. their most boring effort to date. Like, I did not like it at all. Like, I just could not. I tried it two or three times. I tried to listen to it and could not get into it. And finally, I just thought, you know what? If I got to try this hard, it's just not a good record. Yeah. And so when I heard they were coming out with something new, I thought, okay, it's going to go one of either way. Like, it's either going to be fucking great, I'm going to love it, or if it's not great, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not really going to make up for what the fuck that last album was. Because the two albums previous to that, you had, like, Diamond Eyes and that Yo Koi whatever yeah. the fuck and that was like Diamond Eyes my favorite Deftones album I would say that's like their front to back top to bottom flawless just straight up the shit like yeah that one is good they got a lot of great albums yeah. I love White Pony I love uh, Ad- Adrenaline's a great album and you know Around the Fur and mm-hmm. I mean fuck and even that self-titled record which I didn't really dig at first but that one did grow on me um Saturday Night Wrist was like the only dud in their catalog, in my opinion, until Gore came out, and then it was like, wow, this doesn't even have one song I like on it. How the fuck did they manage to do that, you know? <laughs> and so this ca- this one came out, and they released <clears throat> the title track for the single with the video and everything, and I was like, well, video's cool, but song wasn't really doing anything for me. I was like, this is their single? Like, it's just kind of okay, you know? Uh, I didn't have very high hopes for it then. Mm-hmm. And then it came out, and I listened to it that Friday at work, and was like, motherfucker, this is actually pretty good. I think I'll buy it. So I bought it. I bought it on CD. I didn't even buy it on vinyl, and I put it in my car, and that fucker didn't leave my car for like three weeks. Like, it never... I didn't take it out of the fucking CD player for like three weeks, dude. Shit. It just and it was one of those where every listen I just liked it more and more and more, and I mean even that that last song grew on me. It's still far from my favorite of the record, you know. To me, it just was like not the obvious hit. But I mean the opening track Genesis kicks on and it's just like fucking on, you know. It just makes you want to like fuck someone up. <laughs> and then you know they got like weird titles on this record like this Urantia I would or Urantia or Urantia I don't really know I didn't research to see if it was a word because I figured it'd be more fun to like sit here and just mispronounce it and sound like an idiot and then actually know what I was talking about then like that song kind of just makes me want to fuck and then Pompeii starts off kind of making me want to fuck but then once it kicks in then I want to fuck people up so it's just an album of wanting to fuck or fuck people up. It's the best way to sum that one up. <laughs> no, man, it's just, I don't know, dude. It's It really has a lot of, like, what they're great at. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's a lot of the, uh, um, I don't know, kind of atmospheric sounding shit going on in their songs. And then it kicks in and it's like, wow, I want to fucking fight. You know, or whatever I want to do. Oh, Punch dude. a hole in my drywall. Piss on something. I don't know. Piss on that bookcase over there. <laughs> I'm an idiot. but I feel like I need to listen to this, though, because I'm kind of a fan, but I really like their covers and their softer stuff. 
I like the more melodic stuff, like, you know, Digital Bath or something like that. I love the covers one that's got, like, I don't know, like, what's the... It's got Cars, the... Yeah, they did, like, the Duran Duran song on there, like, the chauffeur. See, that's, like, the one thing. I never bought that. I listened to it once and just never bought it. I know they did the version of Drive, right? Like, they did the Cars Drive. Yeah, that might have been a bonus track, I think, for, like, Diamond Mm. Eyes. I think... I wasn't really a big fan of that. I mean, I love that song. That's like one of my favorite car songs. And I can't say that I've ever heard a version of that song where I was like, yeah, I want to listen to this instead of the original. Because huh, I think they you might know. be the best cover band or something that I've ever heard because I just like their covers. Well, they just do weird shit with the songs. I mean, they could change them a little bit enough to where like it still sounds like the Deftones. So. Yeah, and they don't do things that you would expect a metal band to do. Or something. Right. They're doing, yeah, all these pop songs or like they're doing like a Sade song. And I was familiar with that because my mom had some Sade CDs or whatever um, um, growing up. And they do like No Ordinary Love. And it's like you wouldn't expect a metal band to do that. I, right. I would think. So. Yeah. I um, so I need to check this out then if you're saying it's kind of got that kind of like, I don't know, sexy kind of sound and then it just in your face after that. I mean, I'm a weird dude, so maybe yeah. what I find to be sexy is not everyone's uh, cup of tea, so... It sounds like White Pony. <laughs> that was a good mix of that, where it was like... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's like not... I don't know how to describe it. I feel like you gotta be a fan of the band to get into the new record. Okay. But, and I only say that because I don't feel like there's some of the obvious hits that like White Pony had. Oh, okay, because this is something that's like, it's not going to sell a new fan, but if you're already familiar with them, then you're going to love it. That's how I would say it, but I could be wrong. You Mm. could listen to it and be like, Brent, you're an idiot. I loved it. First listen. Mm. I tattooed the fucking album cover on my chest (laughs) right after I shaved all that new hair that I grew. (laughs) Oh, man. Close of my future. There you go. Well, moving on. Let's hear Andy's number four. Um, it's one that we did talk about before, and it might be on your list since you haven't mentioned it yet, but the new Jason Isbell album, uh, Reunions, that's my number four. Um, I really liked it, and it's something that revisiting it to talk about it now, like I liked it even more. And there's some yeah. songs that maybe... Uh, because... Sometimes your initial reaction to an album, you're drawn to certain songs, and then you're drawn to like other songs. Maybe if you like revisit it right. or something. So I feel like some songs that I might have slept on I stand out more. Like it gets easier, uh, but it doesn't get easy. Like I like that. I think he's talking about his alcoholism. Right. No, that's a good record. I man, I'll just spoil it right now. It's not on my list. Believe oh, sure. it or not. I almost feel like I didn't. I know even... you didn't like the first track though, and it does kind of carry on to yeah. it. Was like seven minutes, but the. I mean, I liked thing. the record, but you know, it just didn't excite me like. Like most of his other stuff, yeah. like I mean, it was really like the first record where I wasn't really excited. There's stuff I really like, but. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that it like doesn't hold up or it's not on par yeah. with his other stuff. It's just that it didn't. It didn't do it for me. I don't find myself going back and listening to it, honestly. Oh, okay. I mean, it was just like, can't believe I'm saying it. I would have never thought that yeah. there'd be a 
Isbell record that came out where I just wasn't like all fucking. And maybe, though, a few months from now, I go back and revisit it and I just go, holy shit, what the fuck was I talking about? You know? I didn't know if maybe your impression is a little off because uh, Southeastern, you like love that album. Like, oh, it's. And, uh, yeah. and even like, I think the one after that, he. He was kind of, he was kind of more of his own style, and he was more, uh, like what like self-reflective or or whatever. Right. But he kind of had more of that singer-songwriting style. Now this album is just a, almost you could just call it a rock album. So I think right. maybe that's kind of why I like it more because I like more of the rock sound that he has. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Could it be that? Like, I'm not saying he sold out, but it's more of like a rock album versus a country <laughs> album. Right. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. I probably, you know, I thought about that one the other day and thought, man, maybe I need to go back and revisit that one. But I didn't want to think too hard on this list. Like, I just kind of was like, hey, I'm just going to yeah, put down the stuff that I just keep going back to, you know. And now I'm sitting here and I'm kind of like looking at my list going, well, maybe I let the fact that like most of the stuff on here came out within the last few months. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe that's why I'm making this my top five because I'm still listening to the fuck out of this, you know what I mean? And all the stuff that came out like the first half of the year didn't quite make the cut because I think that like the... Test, the Testament records, like the oldest one on here, oh, that really? was even like... I feel like the opposite of that. All of mine are basically ones we've talked about before. Right. Yeah, I think my I think yeah, Titans of Creation was like the only one that we talked about on my list. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like some of those ones I feel like too from earlier in the year, they set the bar so high and I keep going back to them. Right. And I and they've never left me whereas some years it's like um I don't know, I'll listen to it and put it aside yeah. or something. I'm like, oh, like, no, yeah. Um this is good, then something comes along, but I don't know. Something about this year, a lot of things they just stuck with me the entire year and never left. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know, if I don't know why it was up. different for me. I mean, there's some other stuff. There's some stuff that I'm not mentioning on here that yeah. I feel like was really cool. It just, ah, man. The well, that's I, good we're not on the same page. We're no, I know. The same list well, because there's, there's one that I really thought was really fucking cool, and I do go back and revisit it from time to time. Hmm. And I think it'll possibly be on your list, but I don't. I just didn't feel like it quite made the cut in comparison to everything else I mentioned. And I, like I said, I had a hard time because Jesus Christ, I had four honorable mentions that yeah. I wrote down, and really, at the end of the day, I would have had six if I really was gonna, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to get another beer or just keep sure, going? Yeah. Up to you. I feel uh, like we can stop. Okay. Well, let's do it. All right. All right, so now we've moved on to... Well, maybe I needed to get you more than just the magnet. Okay. The magnet? I love that magnet. Mm-hmm. Shiner, holiday cheer. Let's see how good this beer is. I hope everybody's just hanging on the edge of their seat listening to us drink our beers. and. Ooh, it does taste kind of fruity a little bit. Yeah, that stuff sucks. I'll never buy it again. <laughs> Glad I only bought a fucking 12-pack. Jesus. What the hell? 
It does not say anywhere on here. Ah, oh, it's dark wheat. First of all, that's one problem. I'm not a big wheat beer guy. Oh, oh I'm such an idiot. Why? Texas peaches. That's why it's gross. Motherfucker. I fucking hate peach. Shit. Where does it say peaches? It says on the back, it says something about Texas peaches and pecans. Oh, yeah. Dude, I don't even know if I can stomach this shit. Oh. <laughs> God Redo. damn it, man. Redo. Just have to uh, I'm just going to try to choke it down. <sighs> it does. It's got a full peach. Uh, it's almost like you're biting into a peach. Fuck no. Fuck you. Goddamn Shiner. Goddamn Spotzel Brewery or whatever the <laughs> fuck. Uh, all right. Well, the rest of the episode, you're just going to have to listen to me bitch about this beer. I'm not going to waste it. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even let my dog drink that. I'm sorry, Andy. See, I guess I don't <laughs> love you very much. Here, drink. Well, no, you you, if you like drink. peach, though, <clears throat> I fucking hate peach. Man, I'm going to have to send the old lady to the fucking liquor store and get me a beer I can drink tonight. <clears throat> that shit is disgusting. Anyhow. So I think you're up next. Now that I sound three, now that I right? sound like a five year old fucking bitching and pissing and moaning about my beer, <clears throat> we are on number three. All right, my number three pick of 2020 is an album called "Shape and Destroy" by Rustin Kelly. Hmm. It is an absolute warm, beautiful fucking album, and. I mean, right from the opening track in the blue, just right from the beginning, you're just like, ah, this is nice. Unlike this fucking beer. And, uh, (laughs) you know, like Radio Cloud's like a really great pop hook in the chorus. Um, Yeah. And then like the song Alive and Brave, those are two songs that are like tugging at your heartstrings. If you're in a sad mood and you drink too much and you listen to it, you might... Your eyes might start to sweat. Sorry, I just choked on a piece of the popcorn that I ate upstairs. Apparently, I have a kernel on the back of my throat. I'm a hot mess. I'm choking on popcorn and drinking peach beer that, quite frankly, might make me vomit. So anyhow, yeah. I think the only dud, if I was going to say there was a dud on this album, there's a song called Rubber, and it kind of, I don't know, there's something about the chorus that, I'm just kind of like, eh, I mean, it's almost like I picture him just sitting there getting stoned in his living room and thinking like, man, I'm rubber and you're glue and whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. I'm going to write a song about that. That'd be great. That'd be a great, I got a great idea for a song about that. Yeah. And in all seriousness, I'm not sure now that I just said that out loud that that's very <laughs> even possibly accurate, but anybody that listens to this might think, man, I listened to the song and you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I had to shit on it, that'd be the only negative thing I could say. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. He's, I mean, he's great anyhow if you're not a fan. He just has a great fucking voice. He's a great singer-songwriter. Um, I think, you know, he was married to Casey Musgraves. That's what I thought. He had a famous I wife. I believe they're getting 
a divorce is what I heard or are divorced already. Fuck, I don't huh. know. Because um, huh, I heard about him from Chris with his last album, but I didn't know he had something uh, this year. Yeah, his last record. Man, I, you know, I think Chris gave me a copy of it. And I dug it at first, but then, like, I kind of just listened to it, like, once. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I walked away from it. And I went back to it and was like, man, this is really fucking good. And then I kept listening to it. And it was like, every time I listened to it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is just really fucking good. You know, there's really fucking good songs on there. This one might just be better as as far as a complete front to back fully realized record I think that this thing is just you know except the rubber song yeah I mean it's not even that it's bad it's just like it's just silly it's just kind of one of those where you're like listening to it and you're like I don't feel like this really competes with the rest of the record like it kind of seems like it could have just been left off but I, you know what hey maybe one day I'll just have an epiphany mm-hmm. and I'll just be sitting there listening to it and I'll go oh this is great <laughs> But I don't know. I'm not that optimistic about that, but it is a really great record. And I feel like it's something you could just put on and, you know, your your girlfriend, or in my case, my wife. I don't have any girlfriends, I swear. Um, you know, you can, like, put that on in the car and they'll just be like, oh, I really like this, you know. Like, I think I've played his stuff before, like, on a road trip or something. I think I popped the last album in and... She was like, oh, I really like this. I'm like, oh, it's a guy named Rustin Kelly. She's like, oh, that's interesting. And then she probably forgot the entire conversation a month later. So I could probably put it in now, and she'd be like, what is that? You've heard it before. God damn it. Anyhow, that's my rant on my number three pick. I feel like I needed to do more of my homework because I didn't know he had a new album out. And I didn't really give the Deftones one much of a chance, which I need to do, so... Well, you shit the bed on that, but no. I mean, hey, you know what? It's like you said earlier. Like the old wise one told you. Yeah, I said old Denny. (laughs) It'll Um, always be there. You can revisit it later. Yes, exactly. I mean, geez, you know, I remember there's bands that I got into so much later where I was like, what the fuck was I waiting for? You know? It's kind of like, you know, I mean, I obviously grew up in got into, like, Aerosmith and shit at, like, a early age, you know, because those are just, like, some obvious ones. But then, you know, I remember getting into, like, the faces and stuff and thinking, like, how the fuck was I not into this, like, 10, 15 years ago? I didn't get Where's into, like... been all my life? I didn't get into all, like, the early Rod Stewart and the faces yeah. shit, like, until I was, like, 30, you know? And I'm just like, what am I, fucking moron? Like, where... Where was I on this shit? You know? Yeah, because not to go down another off-topic thing, but Rod Stewart is a good example of that because I thought of, I always thought of like a few cheesy songs that he had and then obviously the Rod Stewart impersonator doing like pawn shop ads. I'm like, what the fuck? Rod Stewart? Really? Rod Stewart? And then it's like, I think Hanging Out at Your House, that one um, New Year's Eve or something, you put on a Rod Stewart greatest hits. I'm like, God, this early stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's like it blew my mind, like this whole world of Rod Stewart. Yeah. You know, when he was doing rock stuff. and He had, yeah, I mean, I mean, you think about it, like even his shitty stuff 
is almost good because his voice is undeniable. Like the guy just has that natural rasp. Yeah. And he can sing high. It's like the Brian Adams thing. Like, yeah, you don't realize how high they're singing because they got like that low raspy voice, but then they're like hitting all these high notes, and that's like what makes such a powerful, yeah, lead singer. Like all the qualities in a voice that I don't possess, but <laughs> you know, and some of that eighty stuff too that I thought was cheesy. It's actually good because I really like one album. I forget the name now, but he he did an album with basically the guys who were in Power Station. It was just instead of Robert Palmer, it was him. Right. Like who is that? The guys from Chic or something, like Tony something, and then the Andy from um, uh, Duran Duran. And it's like that's a good album too. Yeah. It was like Dynamite. Is that the song or the title or something? Yeah, I think sounds yeah. right title of the album yeah it's something like that i can kind of head down yeah i can picture it yeah but like i like that album so yeah your taste change over time or you just well you just learn things i mean there's just things that you never thought to you know you just never thought to give it a chance i mean it was never in the forefront of your you know mind to think like oh i need to check that out and then when you do you're just like what the fuck? You even mentioned one too that popped in my head. Like, it was on the next album where he had a song "Broken Arrow" or something. That's a I good, love that song. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love the video because, dude, that was when he was married to uh, Rachel Hunter, and she was in the video. And I remember just watching that video on uh, VH1. It was like, you like oh mesmerized? My God, she's so <laughs> fucking hot. Yeah, because she was. I mean, she just was so stunning. She probably still is. I haven't seen a picture of her in years, but, I mean, that was an, that was just one of those obvious, like, what young boy at that time wasn't just, like, you know, <laughs> drooling all over the TV. So, but then she fucked the dude in a puddle of mud, so. What? Maybe she's what? not. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, maybe she's not. She just likes rock stars. Maybe she's movies, just so. not that out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. If that just dude, what's his name, Wes? Approach her with a guitar and she'll, Yeah, know, well. And she'll be yours. I probably shouldn't do that now, Andy. Oh, I am a married man. All right, sorry. Encouraging you. I'd probably still do it. Anyhow, she doesn't listen. She'll never know. <laughs> she can probably hear me whisper. That's how women work. See, they hear everything. They hear your thoughts. You get in trouble for shit you thought never even did or said. <laughs> Welcome to marriage. Anyhow, Andy, um, I'm gonna get off that rant before mm-hmm. I'm before she does hear me and I'm in any more trouble than I already currently am. Let's talk about your number three. Well, we already talked about it, too, but uh, I'll go back to it. It was... My number three is Ozzy's Ordinary Man album, and I think if I were to do another Ozzy like ranking of this album, it would go even higher. Yeah. And to put this out there, um, yes, you were right. I should have put... I should have put Bark at the Moon a little bit higher. Not at the top, but a little bit higher. Because it is one that I've kind of went back to, too, this year. Uh, But this um, Ordinary Man, I just like it because it's 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 the same. It's an Ozzy album, so you know what you're going to get. But it sounds way more refreshing than the last 30 years worth of albums he did. Right. 
And it sounds too like it sounds really heartfelt or something. Like this is like him, like you know, like I know there's. I think I laughed before. There's Aussie songs where he's just talking about being Aussie, like I'm not gonna stop right. or something. But this is like maybe he's like, well, maybe I am gonna stop, you know, at some point. Maybe or I'm or he's like reflecting. Dead. There's like all my life is a good song under the graveyard, ordinary man. Right. And even there's some silly shit like uh, the little uh, uh, Green Men, the Alien song, or something. That was one of my favorites on it. So I mean, or that Eat Me or something. Like I thought that was just the goofiest lyrics, but like it's catchy though. Right. Well, that's the thing about rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, I come to realize that more. I think is like it's okay to not take yourself too seriously when writing lyrics and stuff. Yeah. You know, like. So that's what this album is. It's got that. It's got a good balance of the silly stuff right. and like the reflecting, self-reflecting stuff. Yeah, it's really good. No, it was a solid effort. I think you know, I. Yeah. I really liked it for considering I haven't really dug anything of his. For a while, which is why all the newer stuff ranked so low on my list. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, because usually it'd be like one or two, and then the rest seemed like filler. Like, well, he's like, well, maybe I got to put out an album because I got a contract, so I have to do this. Right. Yeah, we're going to tour. And... and this seemed like he didn't have to do it because obviously he's had health issues and stuff. So right. it seemed like, yeah, he was just like, fuck it, let's make an album, you know? Yeah, he wanted to. Yeah, so. And it worked. Hell yeah. So, like, that's all I got. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like one of us is going to have to just bust like out the Forrest Gump. Oh. That's all That's I have all to I have say to about that. I thought about that. <laughs> I was, was waiting for you too, right damn it. Come on. All right, you're number two, man. We're getting to the end. Oh, God damn it. I'm starting to sweat. Mostly because this peach beer is so fucking bad. I'm sweating, choking it down. Not really. Um... No, it is really bad though. But I'm gonna. I'm a man. I can drink shitty beer. That's when you know you're a man. Okay. I'm a man today. Yeah. You ain't choking all the sorts of beer. You haven't choked down a shit beer oh. until you're fucking choking down like Milwaukee's Best or like Keystone or some of that <laughs> shit that just tastes like rotten piss. So, my number two. Letter to you. Oh. But Bruce Springsteen. Nice. So, this one too, I feel like it's weird to, you know, put these albums on here and then, like, decide to bitch about something. But I feel like I have to. Like, I feel like I have to, like, review it because we haven't talked about these. Kind of like the Rust and Kelly one and talking about the rubber song and how I feel like if there's a dud, it's that. But, you know, this, this Springsteen album, obviously, I'm a huge fan. You know, there's there's him, there's Tom Petty, there's Prince, and those are like to me like the holy fucking trinity. Yeah, you're like Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then you know, for the sake of throwing some metal in there, I'm gonna throw Lemmy's head up on there. You know, just to balance things out a little bit. But as far as you know, kind of the ones that are the more singer-songwriter types, you know, even though uh, I put name, you know, Prince's name in there, which he didn't really do, like, singer-songwriter yeah. stuff, but he was such a artist 
in the sense of just being like a singular person putting out all this, doing all the work himself, and yada, yada, yada. I don't know why the hell I'm ranting about Prince right now because we're talking about the boss, but point is, that's how much, you know, like obviously this is somebody that I've been a huge fan of for many years and have followed for a long time. And like my earliest memories of music is my dad playing Born to Run back when I was just a little guy, you know, like I have his copy of Born to Run. Oh, cool. And I still remember, like, him running it off onto tape, you know, because that's what he did back in the day. All these guys always took their vinyl and ran it off onto a cassette so they weren't wearing out their vinyl. And and I can remember him having the little fucking cassette that he was always popping in the Sony cassette player listening to that album. And so, I mean, it's just weird because, I mean, I'm talking like I was, like, three fucking years old, and I can remember that. And I can remember getting into Springsteen as an adult, I guess, because, like, he's always been there, obviously, but, like, when there was a certain point in my early 20s where it was, like, all of a sudden I became, like, really fucking diehard. Like, all of a sudden I got it. Like, when I started, I think, writing songs myself and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, there was all these things. So you heard it as a kid, but you weren't, like, a fan at the well, time? Well, I was it always... kind of went over your head, or you were... I was always a fan, Oh, okay. But I think there were certain aspects of it that went over my head. Yeah. And until, like, one day it was, like... It's the light bulb. Yeah, like, I finally was able to appreciate, like, everything there is to what he does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was a kid and played the fuck out of Born in the USA. That album, I mean, just one great pop song after another, right? And, you know, it's just... There's some point where... I think that as you mature, you pick up on just how fucking great his lyrics were and just everything. Having said that, um, the album Magic that came out, I think, in 2007, maybe 2008. I really like that one. Yeah, because it had Radio Nowhere on there. Yeah. So that was, like, huge because I thought, Jesus Christ, like, when that came out, that was his best album yeah. In a long that time, was, like that, that was just yeah. up to par with this classic shit, you know what I mean? Like, and this album to me is the best record since Magic. Hmm. He's put out, I mean, he's put out a lot of stuff since then, and really everything in between then and now, there's nothing I hated or anything. Like all of it was good. I had plenty of nice to say about any of it, and still listen to it. Pull those albums out and listen to them fairly regularly and everything, but, um, man, this one really has, like, that... Those moments where it's like, fuck, that really sounds like the E Street Band. You know? Like, I know that sounds stupid, because it's like, yeah, dumbass, it's the E Street Band. It's like, yeah, and, you know, obviously it's missing a couple elements, and it's like, they didn't try to even replace those elements, you know? Mm-hmm. They didn't try to bring somebody in to play some sax and recreate what Clarence would have put on the record it was more like well this is the fucking this is the ones of us that are left and this is what we're gonna fucking do and I just think it really has moments that really really sound like that you know Um, Burning Train, Letter to You Rainmaker those are all songs that have like that 
just it just sounds like fuck yeah this is the E Street Band you know <laughs> this is it sounds exactly like that and there's a couple to me duds right out the gate that I still am kind of like like I can listen to them but I'm still just not a huge fan of them like the power of prayer is a song where I'm like eh, I don't know man it just comes off a little cheesy to me or something and I don't know maybe the, the day will come where I'm into that and I just go oh fuck no I like the song <laughs> but then there's a song called House of a Thousand Guitars too where he, I, I just feel like he's trying too hard like he was trying too hard to do another uh, you know Jungle Land or Thunder Road or something like and it just didn't come off as honestly as those songs did back in the day probably because he was trying to do it you know or whatever I don't know I know some people probably would just are gonna think I'm full of shit and think like no that song is fucking awesome and it's every bit as cool as Jungle Land you know I'm gonna argue and disagree but you know Whatever, we don't have to fucking agree. I'll still listen to it. I'm not going to skip the song when it comes on. I just, they're the weak points in the record, but then the high points, if I was the priest and ghost, are just like total fucking home runs, dude. Like, I'm three quarters of the way through the record, or, you know, whatever, like two thirds in, and all of a sudden, that if I was the priest song comes on, and it's like, motherfucker. Halfway through it, I, I just, it was like, this is one of the greatest songs he's written in fucking ever. Hmm. You know, it's so, so fucking good. And Ghost is just really, a really great, you know. It was, it's like the, both those songs to me, especially that if I am, or if I was the priest, it's like a, all in one song you get the perfect blend of Bruce Springsteen, the singer-songwriter, and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So, I don't know. I know I got kind of excited there. Oh, no, you're fine, man. Because, like, I was just this. I liked Western Stars a lot, and it had, like, a lot of great moments for me, but, like, I can't say that I'm going to go back and listen to that record as an entire record, front to back, too often, you know? What was the one he did with Tom Morello? Because I kind of thought. Man, I'm going to like this one because it's Tom Morello, but it was kind of like, oh. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, he obviously, he did the version of Ghost of Tom Joad. Yeah. On that record. Um, oh, my God. I can't, without getting up and walking over to my shelf and filing through them, think. You put me on the spot. Maybe it's just a matter of, like, oh my god, I'm going to be so hyped up for this that I hyped it up too much. I honestly, that was just okay. Like, And there was a lot of stuff. There was a few things that were on there that were older songs. Mm-hmm. Kind of like yeah. Ghost of Tom Joad. Although that, that version of that song is really fucking great. But there were several other ones that were old songs that were like on the like box set and stuff, you know, yeah. with that were unreleased tracks and whatever that had... Essentially, they were, they were unreleased tracks until you released them. So then to turn around and uh, put them out on an official album, it was kind of a bit yeah. underwhelming. I mean, we'd already lived with them yeah, for so many years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Wrecking Ball? Or was it the one before that? Wrecking Ball was the one before that. 
Because I think it just had Wrecking Ball on the cover. Yeah. Because Wrecking Ball was okay, too. Those two, though, the other one you're talking about, those two back-to-back were, like, kind of just, like, that same way. Like, they were good. Halves of a good album. Solid enough, but, like, just underwhelming. Like, just there just wasn't anything to get too excited about, unfortunately. I think I need to. You're talking about Letter to You. Like, I like that song. We played a lot on CT, and it was always kind of cool. I'm like... Um, I kind of feel like working at that radio station I'm exposed to stuff that I wouldn't normally be to like Rust and Kelly or Black Pumas right uh, but I guess with all this stuff coming out I just didn't have enough time to sit with it you know but I mean there's just a lot of stuff coming out yeah. and I don't know yeah cause I think all those musicians at home this year and even next year there's just gonna be an explosion of stuff yeah well cause you gotta figure like a lot of bands that are holding off on releasing something until they can tour yeah that's all gonna fucking come out next year and I mean if yeah you know but I think with the vaccinations and stuff it's looking like everything's gonna kinda progress I think by summer things will look more like yeah. I mean, I don't know why the fuck I'm saying this like I'm somebody. Take my word for it because it'll be kind of I like saw closer fa- to normal. <laughs> yeah. Than well, I'm no professional, but I saw it on the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook, like something your grandma would say or something. Facial book. <laughs> hey, Andy, after you're done taking that sip of this really piss tasting peach beer, um, why don't you tell us what your number two is? Another one that we've talked about. Whoa. <laughs> All right, because see, I am the opposite of you. I know what this is going to be. Really? I've got a feeling. Uh, this, I, I absolutely adore this album. Even more, every single listen, I like it more, and it doesn't get, it, it doesn't, it's never diluted or anything, but Halsey's Manic. That's that a- album is fantastic. And then there's been something, I think, it was like, I went to go listen to it again on Apple Music, and there's maybe a deluxe version with right. like some she of like re-released it songs with yeah and stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, this is even better. And it kind of highlighted some of the songs that maybe I missed before. But like, I just love this album. Like, it would be my number one if not for <clears throat> what is my number one. Right, just for. It really, this boils down to one song. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If it wasn't for one song on my number one, then this would be my number one. Because I just love how it's like, she just, it's pop music. And like some of the pop music, it's just like, um, like if I'm listening to Kiss FM or something when I'm at work, it sounds like the same song and they just change the singer. Right. But this actually feels like it means something. Feels like art. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it feels like it means something, and this girl is just like, she's went through some shit, and yeah. you're like, you're feeling all of the emotions. And there's like rock songs, there's a country song, there's right. like pop songs, even something that you said something to, like, I think you really highlighted, uh, I think Killing Boys and like, um, what is that, 3 a.m. or something? Like, those could be on like rock stations, right. I feel like, too. No, it's... I honestly like was gonna put that in my honorable mentions. I knew you would have that on your yeah. list. I knew you would just because like you've referenced it, I think several times on social media, like, yeah. and have just brought it up in conversation. Oh yeah, because I did reference it just, because somehow this did not get any kind of Grammy 
uh, mention. Not that the Grammys is like the end all be all of like music. Yeah. <clears throat> um, whatever. But to not even get some kind of acknowledgement, it's like, what the fuck? Are they not listening? They probably don't <coughs> listen. They're just paid to like, like Rolling Stone. I think you can pay oh, yeah. to get a good review. You can probably pay to get like on the Grammy list or something. Probably. And then they just listen to those albums. I don't even think uh, Jason Isbell got anything either. Really? And usually he's gotten something every year. Yeah, he's usually on there. It's like, oh man, I need to calm down now. I need to calm down like Taylor Swift. (laughs) Well, and she... I don't know, man. It is just such a unique record. And the Grammys, in theory, like with critics, this is pop music that should... I think they like safe stuff. Is that what you're going to say? And this maybe isn't really... Well, no, I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. No, I just was going to say, like, this is the stuff that you would think that a critic or the Grammys would acknowledge because it's not just the cookie cutter bullshit that everybody else is pumping out. Yeah. You know, and maybe she just pissed somebody off. I don't know. Maybe she posted something on social media that somebody didn't like. and She does. If you follow her, she, like... She shaved her head recently. I, I saw that. She's always yeah. shaving her head. Maybe all the times you see her with long hair, it's just a wig or something. But yeah. she doesn't really hold back. She posts stuff. Yeah. Or some, and even some guy, The Weeknd. Like I'm kind of familiar with some of his songs. Yeah, I don't care for his stuff. But he doesn't. He doesn't it. have any Grammys either. So maybe he pissed somebody off either. Because that's been like one of the big. Well, yeah, and he's playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's playing he's the Super like, Bowl. He gets snubbed at the Grammys yeah. and the motherfucker gets the Super Bowl. I don't know, though. If he was posting shit and pissing people off, I don't think he'd get the Super Bowl. True. I mean, you got these elite yeah, cocksuckers running all this shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird, but like this <clears throat> Manic album is like, I don't know. No, it really is good. I go back and revisit it, too. Yeah. And I knew, I like I said, I knew it was going to be on your list. Like, I... Yeah, I'm not I guess gonna, I did say it's probably the best album, female or male. I'm not going to say anything, but I know what your number one is now just because there was two albums that I absolutely knew were going to yeah. be on your list. And now that yeah, that was so, number so two, out of the <clears throat> it is, but I'll, you know, the listeners, yeah. maybe not. Um, so moving along, because I probably just got you excited to talk about your number one. Uh, well, this is the real number one because everybody else knows. So I said, fuck it. And I broke the rules again. Not only did I have four honorable mentions. Huh, see, I'm kind of like kind of surprised what you're... Well, no, not really, I guess. Because your number one, right, is going to be that one. Is going to be what? Is it Halsey? No. Oh. No. Shit, so you didn't even honorable mention it? No, no, I literally was going to, and the only reason I didn't was because I knew it was going to be okay. on your list. It was strategic. I actually just only wanted to talk about it once. Right. And I didn't want to say it, and I didn't want you to have that glow. Okay. Because I feel like in past episodes, like, if I've had something on my list, and I say it, and it's further up your list, I could tell just by the look on your face, like, ah, fuck, it's on his list. I kind of, I kind of did that angry again with the Megadeth. I kind of did not give it away. Cause sometimes I have that shitty poker face, I guess. Right. But that one, I was still like... Well, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I've believe never it. Never heard this song before. Believe it or not, <laughs> I did not, and I really was gonna put Halsey on my uh, honorable mentions, but she was not gonna make the list because <clears throat> I felt like my top five list was really yeah. fucking hard to compete with. Yeah, like with me, um, my top three 
it's like the moment I heard them, I knew these were like right. These were like killer albums, and the other ones were kind of like four and five were kind of could be interchangeable. So I'm gonna have plenty of people probably give me shit for this, and I don't care. Really? Huh. And I'm breaking the rules because <laughs> I got Andy on the edge of his seat, and I'm breaking the rules here because there should be a number one. But considering the situation, and considering that 24 hours ago, or a little over 24 hours ago, for that matter, everything just fucking changed, and all of a sudden it was like, what the fuck? Because I all... That's even a reference to a past song. (laughs) And because... Okay, my number one was originally one album from this artist that came out a few months ago. And then she put out a second album this year, yesterday at midnight, and it's the shit and is every bit as good, in my opinion, as the previous one. So my number one, and yeah, all my fellow rock friends can fucking give me all the shit in the world for this, but this is my number one with a bullet. Fuck everyone that disagrees with me. I'm saying it with pride. Hate just gonna hate. Taylor Swift, Folklore, and... Evermore, I'm, I'm you making them. C- I'm combining them both. You can't really, you can't really separate them either because it's the same. You style. can't, it's and almost... I'm not going to kick off one of the other albums. Yeah. I'm not going to like have the same artist on my list twice. Yeah. So it's just I'm giving her the number one spot for both those fucking albums. In my opinion, she pretty much owned this fucking year when it comes yeah. to songwriting because she put out two fucking records that are both like, not even in the 15, same year, but in this. In five months. And like, yeah, just in like a quarter damn near. <laughs> yeah. But less than half a year. I, I know the math. I know that, it, but it was just barely over a quarter of the year. Um, so this, okay, so first of all, when Folklore came out, she kind of did the same thing. Like, surprise, I'm releasing a record, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, she's sitting around in isolation, like, writing songs and... She, you know, built a fucking recording studio in her home and sat and just wrote a bunch of songs. I mean, look, Taylor Swift's a fucking artist. Put aside all that anyone knows about her as far as, like, a pop icon because, like, she has the songs like me and she has, you know, Shake It Off and that kind of stuff that's fun and my kids love that. You know what I mean? And my kids... Paper rings. That's, like, the thing that, like, me and my kids, like, both can listen to Taylor Swift and enjoy it. Granted, they wear some of that stuff out to where it's like, "Eh, I don't want to listen to that fucking song. Let's listen to something different. The interesting thing about when Folklore came out was I was like, oh, hey, look, kids. Taylor Swift put out a new record. And they're like, oh, can we listen to it? Well, it has an explicit thing, so... I'm going to have to listen to it first, and I'll tell you whether you can listen to it or not. Now, some of it, it's not super vulgar or anything, but she drops some F-bombs, and there's some stuff that, you know, there's, like, one line where she says something about, does she mouth fuck you, and I'm not explaining that shit to my kids. I haven't let them listen to it at all, not one song. And really just because, like, they wouldn't like any of it anyhow. It totally, every... It's a totally different No, she took a total left fucking turn and, like... All of it would go over their head, and then you'd just be bored to death with it anyhow. But, um, you know, she, I think we, when we talked about Lover on a previous episode, 
on the first episode even. Well, yeah, it was the first episode. Yeah, you're right. And we we talked about how she's kind of always been sprinkling a little bit of that singer-songwriter stuff in there. And it's probably the smartest thing she could do for her career because one day she's going to be too old to be fucking dancing around in some hot little skimpy outfit. You even said that, too. Because, yeah, she's kind of forward-thinking, right? Right. And at the end of the day, she is just a great singer-songwriter. And, man, both of these albums really fucking prove that. And I felt like Folklore, like, when I first listened to it, I was like, I didn't even know how to digest it. I was like, yeah, okay. I mean... It's more serious, Tay-Tay, I get yeah. it, like, it's cool, whatever. And then it was like, every time I went back and listened to it, I was like, fuck, I dug it more this time than the last time. And then, like, the third time, I'm like, ah, fuck, this is really good. And then, like, the fourth time, I'm like, son of a bitch, these fucking lyrics. But, I mean, dude, there was, like, one day I'm listening to it at work, and it, it's like, there's a lot of it that's just really somber. Yeah. Like, it's really, like, there's a whole section right in the center of that record where you're just like, Oh my god, I'm just really bummed out. I feel like I need to go home and just lay on the couch and drink alone or something. I don't fucking know. But it was so weird. So she so and you're talking like an album that's like fifteen songs long or something like that. Like yeah. she doesn't skim. No, dude. I think it's like, like seventeen. Yeah, you're right. The new one's fifteen. Okay, yeah, and that one's seventeen. 17. I mean, it had the lakes or something on yeah, it. Yeah, the bonus track. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, but still what's that? Like thirty Two songs in a year? I mean, dude, she just, that's, yeah. And she just doesn't care about, like, she put these out with no rules attached. Yeah, like, no hype. No hype. It's just, just, here's the record. And I ordered it. I loved it so much. I ordered it on vinyl, and it took me 16 weeks to get it, and I was Mm -hmm. super excited to finally get it. And then I loved it all over again when I got it. And I just knew then, like, man, this this is probably the record of the year. Like, this is just... There's just something, there's enough depth to it to where every time you listen to it, there's another song yeah. that just stands out more than it ever did previously. And then yesterday, I'm like, well, fuck, now I got to listen to this. Here I am, like, a, the day before, Yeah. you know, we do this, and I've already you made my said, list. Is this going to change anything? And I honestly, yeah. I didn't think it would. I thought, man, there's just no way it's going to be another home run like that. How yeah. could it be? And then I listened to it and was like, well, first of all, the first song was kind of a dud, that Willow. It's not a bad song. It just kind of was like, I don't really understand why it's her single, why she wants that to represent the song. Maybe it just it was like the obvious But I think, choice. too, we've always said, usually on these records, her first song isn't the best on the album either. Like, right. what was the last album? Lover had some song... But then the next one was like Cruel Summer. And it's like and Cruel Summer great. could have been the first song. Yeah, should have been. <laughs> like right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, man, I mean. Or even 1989, Welcome to New York. It was like that one didn't really sell me, but the later stuff did too. Yeah. I That song grew on me more. But you're right. Like when I first heard it, I, I didn't think that was a great yeah. opening track. But now it kind of after living with that one for a while in context, it kind of is. It's probably the only place you can put it on that album. Dude, the new album? Well, here's the thing. So I'll compare them. Folklore, to me, the first four tracks are so fucking good. Like the one, Cardigan. Yeah, the Cardigan's awesome. Great American Dynasty. Um, And then that August song that's a few songs in is really fucking cool. Um, But the new one is weird because like, 
So like the first song, I didn't really care for. It's whatever. It's just kind of forgettable to me. It's not anything bad. It's just mm. I could have done without it. And I feel like the second song almost would set the mood for the rest of the record better. Like that should just be the first song. And this album just grows, dude. Like the new one, Evermore, just it just gets better as it goes. And there's a song called Nobody No Crime. And it seriously should be I'm glad it's not because they'd probably fucking ruin it, whatever artist they gave it to, but it sounds like it should be like a country, like Miranda Lambert, like a hit, like a mm-hmm. country pop female hit all about, you know, killing basically the guy that cheated on you kind of thing or whatever, <laughs> or, uh, you know, it's really good though. Like it's, like I say that I'm not doing it any justice by explaining it and and I'm, I'm sure as hell not selling it by saying it. it could be a pop country hit but it should be and it won't be and I'm glad it won't be <laughs> because it's better you know within the context of this record because it's kind of just it kind of doesn't fit the rest of the record but then it does like tonally you know but I don't know how to explain it really and uh then there's another song called Dorothea that's like another great highlight. That that's another one that has like a really great hook. Um, Cowboy like me was another song kind of later on in the record that kind of is different. You know what I mean? Like it's just like a different kind of. I don't know. She really proved herself as an artist this year. I'll just sum it up saying that like she pumped out two records that are long. Like you said, thirty. Yeah. Let me say 32 songs in one year so far. And, and they're not like filler, really. Either. And they're not. not. I mean, no. You just kind of pad it out to fill an album. And she wasn't sticking to any formula. She wasn't retreading the same old shit. She just totally took on like almost a whole new persona when she did it. Like, And I felt like Reputation was a record where it wasn't Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's it. Was that... her playing a character, almost yeah. like if Taylor Swift wasn't the nice girl and was a bitch? Yeah, because all that stuff too. When you see the album artwork, it looks like the headlines of like newspaper things or what is that like tabloids? Yeah, that kind of seems like okay. She's like everybody says I uh, basically put guys on blast that I date. Now I'll just do that for a whole album or something. Right, like that, like, that kind of seems it. like she's like okay. Yeah. Here's what everybody wants. Yeah, now here's the stuff. That I really want to do, where it's this right. folklore evermore. Yeah. Well, she hit a home run this year. Yeah. I'm not going to rant too far on it, because I think that the music speaks for itself, and there's nothing that my, you know, two beers in, dumb ass, yeah. is going to say that, 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 that either record doesn't already say, so. Like, I'm not going to argue uh, with the folklore evermore, the only thing with me is, like, I feel like I'm finally like a Tay-Tay, like a Swifty, like a fan. I'm like, I like this pop shit, like your kid's like, I like this pop shit. And then she comes out with this stuff, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want the old Tay-Tay. I like Lover. That was awesome, or something. So it was... I want to dance. Hard to get into that. When she dropped Folklore, I was just thought how... Here was my... Some bands were pulling their albums, you know, like, well, we want to tour it, 
So then we can like sell it. Or maybe it's label. Uh, all these artists still have to answer to labels. Like Weezer pulled theirs and there's still no date for it. So they're probably right. like, hands are tied by a label. I just absolutely love that Taylor is just like, I wrote this album, I'm putting it out, here you go tomorrow, here's a new album. And then even like Thursday, she's like, well, guess what? You like folklore? Here's Evermore. I just, she even said like, I don't like to do the same thing twice, but I'm doing the same thing twice because this is what I'm feeling. Right. I just absolutely respect that. And it's cool, but it, it, it just took a while for me to digest it because even when Folklore came out, I was like driving out of town the next day and I'm like, maybe I'll have this road trip to sit with it. But it's like you're saying, it's like somber. I'm like, God, I feel like I'm going to pull off the road and not cry. I don't want to listen to this album, so I went back to the lover. Right. It's just hard to like, I don't want sad songs this year almost because so much shit's going on. Right. I don't want sad songs. So it's almost like whiplash, <clears throat> like. Yeah. Shit, you got these sad songs that are good, but I'm like, I don't really want that. I want something else. Yeah, good's good though. Yeah. It's just too fucking good, dude. Yeah, she she is like she is a true artist, musician. She's a true like she even helped out with that Grimies too and stuff. Shit, right? Uh, shut down. She was like helping them out a little bit, right? So it's like she's like a genuine person. Yeah, no, she's I think just the real deal, you know, and. I'm not going to say that every time she opens her mouth, I'm right on board with what yeah. she has to say, but she obviously cares about a lot of things and wants to be a humanitarian. And I feel like up until this point, you know, and not up until this point, but, you know, when she was doing all the pop stuff and she was conscious of the fact that kids were probably going to listen to her stuff, doing songs like Me and whatnot, like she never yeah. really cussed. She didn't, you know... She didn't get too carried away with that kind of stuff. Like, she always seemed like she was conscious of, you know, who her audience was going to be with those yeah. songs. You, like, totally, like, yeah, like... And she took the gloves off with this one, but she also knows that fucking kid's going to listen to this record. Yeah. No kidding. And she has things to say. And some people might say, well, she still shouldn't have yeah. dropped the F-bomb all these times in these songs. And You, you know, like, totally did, though. Kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, she is basically preparing those kids like for these albums or it's like this is a Taylor Swift when she's writing country songs this is a Taylor Swift that she wanted to be but it's like well I have to do what people expect or like the reputation and things and right. do pop stuff she's like well like I kind of have these tendencies and these are things that are like I guess not selling out but she had to build a fan base you know right. she can't go from point A to Z she's got to kind of right no, I mean she clearly yeah, got to connect the dots she first. She clearly knows what she's doing. She yeah. has a plan. She has it I I feel like she has thought out how her career is going to go. Yeah. You know. And I you know kudos to her because this is I don't know how anyone could turn their nose to it. I don't know how any music critic could just dog her for making these records you know she raised the bar for herself and as you know i wasn't a fan of her at first yeah. when she came out and all that pop country stuff i was like and people were saying oh but she writes her own songs I was like ah, the fuck she does <laughs> you know i was just like you know and yeah she has help and she probably had more help back then but 
Yeah, you know, she was young. She was like she teenager, was, yeah, like, like 20 years 15, old. 15, 16 years old when yeah. she first came onto the scene. And it's like, man, what the fuck was she going to write songs about? And of course the record company didn't just trust her to write all the songs yeah. on her own. And there's obviously a lot of things to factor in there. And, you know, but at the end of the day, man, she's 31 years old now and is writing shit that, I don't know, man, still seems like this stuff seems... Like, a lot of it's wise beyond her years, you know? Um, yeah. Well, tell you what, man. We don't have to sit here and rant about Tay-Tay too much longer. we got to get to your number one. I'll just add one thing to that Taylor Swift thing, uh, too, is that her her doing these albums, there's people that, like, I know that texted me when they heard uh, Folklore that were like, oh, my God, this album's awesome, and they've never listened to Taylor Swift before hmm. uh, either. I could see that because it's definitely a yeah. totally different thing, you know. I mean, you can tell it's her, but it still kind of sounds. And I think these guys were trying to text me to talk about the album, and at the time I was like, I don't really know how I feel about it yet. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. I need to be in the. You kind of need that right headspace for it. It's they're they're both mood records for the most part. <clears throat> I kind of feel like the new one has maybe like a couple that are a little bit more straightforward pop. Yeah. To the best of these albums' abilities. I mean, they're just a different style of music, so... I think I like Evermore more, but maybe I knew what to expect, whereas the folklore was kind of almost out of left field a little bit. Right. Yeah. It was just such a surprise. That's like, what? I need to, like, readjust my head to... <laughs> yeah. I want to dance. What's this? I can't dance to this. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Yeah. Because I like paper rings, you know? Hell Yeah. <laughs> All right, All right. my number roll. one, everybody knows what this is going to be. I feel like every time Denny Smith releases a new album, it's always like top of my list or like a notch below. So my number one is The Great Affairs. Everybody moves, nobody gets hurt. See, I want to move. You want to so move. Taylor, I just want to move. Taylor didn't make you dance. And, well... I guess the, if Denny does, then The great. reason why, though, I feel like this album is like so different than like I know we're friends of them so it's kind of like uh maybe it's different like I feel like weird talking about an album from a friend like even if we talked about your album or something I don't know it would probably be hard to I like, would feel weird I, would, I yeah. don't want to talk about my album so uh but so like um with this great affairs album it's got like everything I think that I would want in a rock album uh there's like some rock songs there's like some Are like they paying you? Softer, no, there's not. <laughs> but it's got this. Actually, seriously, does have everything I want in an album, and I think there's like maybe two songs that separate it from that Halsey album. Otherwise, Halsey would have been my number one with a bullet. But so there's two songs I really want to highlight. Uh, there's one that Kenny he sent me like weeks before the album came out, and I'm like, holy. Fuck, this is one of the best songs that I've ever heard, or at least in as far as back as I can remember, that Worn Out Souls. I don't know if you heard that song yeah, or not. No, but I'm it. like, fuck, these guys need to be like millionaires. This song's awesome. Like I'm envisioning like a like a spotlight on Kenny and a piano player on stage. Like this needs to be like an arena song, like a Bon Jovi ballad or like a bad company thing. Right. This is like the fucking song or something, like Worn Out Souls. I don't know. And then another one that I really want to highlight is In the Wreckage and how, like, 
I was having some good times, and all of a sudden I had some bad times, and that in the wreckage just like was like an ultimate gut punch to me, and it's like hard to listen to anymore because like I don't know. It's a great song. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good album, and you know I'm gonna have to talk to Denny because I mean if he paid me, I would have put it on my list. I don't know how much money he has. I don't know, man. But I, it would take a lot for me to put it above Taylor, but I could have squeezed it in like in between like The Boss and Rustin Kelly or something. I don't know, man. This I know that's saying a lot, but it's like everything I want in an album, and it's in there. No, I'm joking, but it's a great record. I was listening to it actually this morning, and I'm not just saying that, because you can go look in my car. It's in the CD player right now. Um, When I drove over to the liquor store and to uh, Guitar Center this morning, I was listening to it because I realized, hey, I haven't listened to this one in a while. So... I think the first three songs on that record are really the bangers for me. Like Yeah, Korean. even that Believe in Ghosts. Yeah, like yeah. I heard there was going to be like a rock and roll Bee Gees song, and I'm like, well, it's this one. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I would have never thought about it that way, but I like that. That's one of my favorites. That's what Kenny record. told me. He's like, you can expect uh, that. He said, I think they were sitting on some songs, like how they did that Die Youngs, where they're like, Denny's like, He's always like, I don't want to do songs that I can't play like live right. or whatever with like, you know, they need like eight more uh, people in the band with the keys and all that shit. Right. Well, like, I guess Kenny had told me like all that stuff is on this album. So how like the Taylor Swift stuff, it's almost like the opposite. The Taylor Swift thing or something like something you can get really, really hyped up for. And you're like, God, I want this. And then it's almost like Kenny telling me all this stuff. I'm like, he was like. Totally setting the bar so high, and that did hit that bar for me. So, I don't know, man. Right on. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, I'm not getting paid for it, though. So, so like, <laughs> that, as much as I'm saying, I probably should get paid for it. <laughs> you should. And if I were you, I would kind of flex that muscle a little bit. I'd be like, look, guys, I, I talk you guys up quite a bit, and at this point, I'm pretty much working for you for free. Um... I'm going to start needing a little something-something. Yeah. No, man, you know what? I mean, they've they've pumped out. Every album they've put out has been chock full of fucking good songs. Yeah. If not great songs. So what do you, what do, you do? It's worthy yeah. of being on a list. So yeah. I knew. I know that Halsey, though, too, though. It's like, it was like neck and neck. Like, like right there for me because that Halsey was something I just thought, hey, well, we might as well talk about some pop stuff because we always talk about rock albums. Right. So, I didn't expect that to be like, yeah, as I'm... good as it was and as like enduring or something kind of thing I go back to. I mean, I feel like I could have almost just had like a top five rock albums. I could have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we could have just yeah. done specifically rock. Um, we didn't so here we are <laughs> no man good list i don't you know there's not really anything to argue with on either list i don't think looks well, um, up for great affairs being number one probably um, well it wasn't on my number one but that i mean that doesn't mean i'd argue with it i mean it's like i'm glad I said, we didn't really overlap though either like too much yeah no i knew it would be i could kind of tell when i made my list that there was not going to be anything that that we would have on each other's list, so. Yeah, man, but that testament, though. 
shit. Like, oh, that that's, a good, that's a good pick. It slams. It does. But, I mean, yeah, there's nothing that, uh, aside from your Jazz Sabbath thing, there's nothing uh-huh. on the Dude, list. that's good. You'll be like, As a, what? And then you're like, like, halfway into it, be like, all right, I'm kind of feeling this. I can just kind of chill and listen to this and just kind of have it on in the background and... I don't know, have okay. some kind of fancy dinner party and you're kind of seem kind of cultured. All right. <clears throat> Until somebody goes, wait a minute. This sounds like Iron Man. <laughs> this is Iron Man? Oh, here. I've got some little rant that uh, to wrap up. Like, we're probably going pretty long here, but we almost touched on this before. You said vinyl sales are up and they're beating CDs. For sure. And, like, I like buying music. I like supporting artists, buying the album. And I've kind of almost switched more to just buying uh, straight vinyl, maybe for, like, two reasons. One, because it saves space. The CDs are, like, a little bit fatter. You can probably fit one, like, three vinyls to where you can put one CD almost. So, you know, so I'm all about saving space. I don't have a house with the basement you and stuff. You do realize that records are quite a bit taller and wider, though, right? <laughs> they, they, they are, but when you're looking at a shelf, though... I mean, because I'm looking at that shelf more, over there, and that's... I'll tell you, that yeah. my record shelf is deep. Well, I've got it's some built crates. into the wall. <laughs> and I feel like... I don't know. Plus, plus, like, we both come from buying albums. I like getting the full package where you got the uh, liner notes... And some CDs, they were scaling it back to just a cardboard little uh, thing, and they stick the CD in there, and there's nothing to it. Like, it's the cheapest packaging. Right. But then sometimes you get the vinyl, and you'll get the gatefold, and you'll get, like, uh, things that fold out. So maybe I'm a little bit of a geek for that. Like, even the Aussie one that I bought right. had a huge, like, fold-out poster, and it was kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to put the poster on the wall, but it's kind of cool to just have. So here's my little rant. And then even having... They basically had record store day four months in a row. Do you think that now they're almost just milking it because they know that stuff's going to sell? I feel like lately artists have just been pumping out deluxe versions of everything. I feel like there's a deluxe version of every fucking album that's ever existed at this point. I mean, that's an exaggeration. The two two things that occurred to me, though, where I'm almost like... I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? But I'm like, well, I guess it's making money. And, you know, that's the name of the game, the music industry. They got to make money. But Rob Zombie put out a new album, or he's going to put out a new album in the spring. Right. And there's like 20 different variants, color variants of this album. You can buy like the indie record store exclusive. You can buy the Rob Zombie store exclusive. You can buy just one that's going to be in general retailers. Then you can buy one from Revolver. You can buy one from just certain record stores, and they're all splatter-colored vinyl. I'm like, it's all going to play the same. Do you really need this many things? It's like you're almost like trying to make this stuff collectible. Right. And I'm just kind of like, fuck you. Do I really want to buy this now? Because it's like, well, they've got 300 copies of this splatter mustard, and they've got 300 copies of this splatter purple. And then... And then even like um, the Smashing Pumpkins thing that came out on Record Store Day Black Friday. There's like eight different colors of that. Even the Taylor Swift thing, there was like eight or nine different colors of that. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Different, totally different album covers. It's but. like, yeah, it's like at least she's doing a different cover or something She didn't do that with this it. one unless she just hasn't done it yet, but... 
But I'm just kind of like, I, did I think they're it. almost going to hit the threshold where people are probably going to be like, all right, well, fuck, fuck you. Like, now yeah. you're just purposely trying to price gouge yeah. me because you're putting out all these different versions. Because you know there's somebody that's going to want all eight or nine different colors. Luckily, and they're spending like $200 on the same album. Yeah. I don't know. I just need to derange I don't them. suffer from that. I don't need to. Yeah. They can suck my dick. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit there and buy. It's even the Taylor Swift thing. Like I didn't even realize when I bought that album that there was all the different covers because I just didn't keep scrolling down. Yeah. I just scrolled down and it was like, oh, there it is on vinyl, There's and I clicked it and I ordered it. CD digital vinyl. And I was kind of bummed because then I was like, oh fuck, there were different covers, and I went back yeah. and looked at them. And I was like, ah, oh, there was a couple of them I really liked better, and I just ordered the yeah. regular one, the one that was just like, like I didn't even like it's the normal, like the regular whatever yeah. the fuck you want to say. Like, all the CDs are pressed with that cover yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't even do, like, one of the different special ones. Yeah. So then I kind of felt like a dork, like, man, I should have got one of the other ones. So then it would maybe be unique. But I guess if, like, she presses yeah. the same amount of all of those, then they're not really unique. Like, there's just the same amount of all of them floating around out there. Actually, here's here's the thing that I thought that kind of, like... I saw it and I got pissed off and I'm like, why am I even getting pissed off about this? I got an email from Metallica where Walmart is gonna now carry specific colored versions. There's the black album like Smoke Black or like mm -hmm. the hardwired orange and they're just at Walmart and I'm like, yeah, because Walmart knows they just wanna sell albums. So like, here, we'll pay you more right. if we can have these certain colors. And try to be a little I bit I noticed they had like exclusive God. Walmart versions yeah. of stuff. I think I bought one. I think I bought like Chicago's Greatest Hits or something. And it was like a exclusive Walmart version, yeah. like yellow vinyl only yeah. available. Well, I didn't buy it because of that. I just bought it because I was like, yeah. eh, I don't think I have this on vinyl. So fuck it. And I bought it. And um, The one thing though with Taylor, going back to her too, is like, sure, there's all those different colors. But what I found out later is why it took like, what, 16 weeks it was like ordered per like price was per because order. yeah they were only going to press um the amount of orders that they had for that color or something mm. like that so they had like a window of okay all of our pre-orders are open for like a week and once that window closes that makes sense yeah so they're not trying to make it super exclusive they're trying to make it you know right hey if you want this color you can have it but you know i don't know well, that's kind of cool. I mean, it seems to me like she just was trying to do something for the fans. Yeah. She probably just thought, well, I'm sitting around yeah. and I'm writing these songs and I'm making this record. Now that's done. So now what? Well, let's put some extra effort into the packaging or something, you yeah. know? And yeah, it sounds like Walmart's just like, I want to get my hand in the pot now. <sighs> you're already a fucking super retail chain. You're like the retail giant. But now yeah. you're like, I want my hand in the cooking jar to get... Some of this stuff. I don't know. I'm not like, good enough like, for the Waltons. Yeah. I don't know. That was just my little rant at the end. But now it seems like more like a drunken rant. Well, if you're already on a drunken rant two beers in, then we're fucking in trouble. Oh, wait. It's my, it's my, it's my man rant. You're the man. It's those chest hairs getting yeah. the best of you, talking shit. Oh, it's getting itchy. We got to end this. Well, you know, on that note, we probably should. Because frankly, I feel like another beer, not another one of these peachy pieces of shit, but something good. So, um, you know, it was good chatting, talking about this, and 
I always welcome anyone to comment and argue with us. They never do, though. Does anybody ever mm. chime? I don't. I never see any comments where p- people are like, "You're wrong, you fucking jackass." And that's what I want. I want people to argue. <laughs> that's actually what I want, because in in some way, what I liked about doing those lists that I would have done on Facebook, like I haven't been on Facebook in like four months. It's like people giving shit. But I kind of did welcome the shit for that. Right. Oh, you had this like. Uh, a B-side over like this like all-time classic song and I'm like I don't know it's it starts a discussion right I just want to talk right. about music so let's talk about music because you're just the kind of asshole that would rank like Crazy Nights above Destroyer or something yeah. just ludicrous <laughs> no that's that's Denny <laughs> I don't I don't like Crazy Nights that much <clears throat> maybe The Elder The maybe Elder put that over there you there. go yeah Maybe I might put that over the first Kiss album. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> All right, this is a whole other episode. I think that we might have to just finally I do the Kiss. We might just have to do the Kiss episode eventually. Maybe that needs to be our next episode. The 2021, the ringing in, not that we're going to do it on New Year's, but the first episode for the new year, we finally dive into some Kiss. Maybe we rank them all. Maybe we do only makeup like era and then non-makeup makeup era. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe get Denny back for a New Year's if he's in town and just have a four-hour episode of the three of us just arguing to the death. We'd have to get Brian in and on it. Get Brian too. in on it, yeah. You'd have to get like everybody in on it. But then yeah, it would just fuck. turn into like a CNN thing where they've got like eight talking heads <laughs> on there. And like, oh, I think it is. <laughs> It'd be like the presidential, the first presidential debate between Biden and Trump where it was just them talking over each other the whole yeah. time. You'd have to get like a moderator yeah. that's just like, hey, hold on, guys. And then we'd still just be <laughs> talking they'd over be him. buzzing, nah. you know. <laughs> so talking over the buzzer. Oh, man, that sounds like a train wreck. Let's not do it, but maybe just you and I. It might be easier. All right. Anyhow, it's been fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, you guys have a happy holidays. Andy, you have a happy holiday. Oh, thanks. Happy holidays and a Merry New Year. Whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Be happy good to Hanukkah, each other. Kwanzaa. See you guys on the other side of two, 2020. Hopefully 2021 won't suck as big of a dick. And until next time. There goes the loud-